the Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Track, make the feet tap, but not make the finger snap. Hand clap the ass, not the neck from the back. Boom, baptism, baptism, a booming system. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Remember to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and the Abstract Veterans Podcast. Such a cool episode today. Someone I had on our special Super Bowl episode earlier this year, as I get to speak with creative coach and former UCLA Bruin and NFL defensive tackle Brian Price. Make sure to check out Brian on Instagram at B-P-T-H-A-K-I-N-G. Also, a big shout out to my buddy Maurice and his band Photosynthesizers for providing music for today's episode. Do yourself a favor and go check them out on iTunes and all streaming platforms. Let's welcome Brian Price. Yeah, 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 just kind of an extension. And I'll st- I, I, I started recording, so we'll just like start like now. Um, but yeah, just kind of an extension of what we were talking about. Um, you know, because we met we met out in uh, in Phoenix during the Super Bowl, um, and I really loved. It was a short, short conversation. Um, but I really loved talking to you because, a, you're a former, you know, pro football player. But I love, first of all, your like your vulnerability. You're very open about like talking about health and wellness. Uh, your wife is a former athlete as well, and and I think you and I. T- I don't remember if we even talked about that on on the podcast, but we talked about creativity a lot in this. Um, first of all, I know you do a lot of stuff with with your your daughter, correct? And, um, and I was excited to kind of continue that conversation about, about that, but also like, and you know, like you said, you just started coaching this year, right? Well, it's a new team. I just started okay. coaching, but yeah, I was coaching at our high school. We were previously at, um, here on high school and, uh, my wife and I got offered a job here at Belleville yep. and, you know, we have the number one quarterback in the nation in his class. He, wow. He just turned 16, man. He's a beast. And they won two back-to-back state titles. The head coach offered me a job last year. I didn't take it um, because of drama, and <laughs> I didn't want to be in the middle of, of it. And um, and my wife was at Heron at the time. We both were. And she had really turned the track program around there. Yep. And so just like anybody, they don't want to just abruptly leave from a program they built, like really hands-on. And certain things happened with her there and and new opportunities came, you know, presented themselves. And we just both ended up there. And, yep. <laughs> and she really wanted to work with the football team at Huron. And they, the head coach really – didn't like the idea, but she like most a lot of great football players ran track. Yep. And I I don't understand why he didn't like the idea, but the coaches over there loved the idea. 
And they was like, we will gladly like have you. Like, we will love your help. And so she's excited to be working with the athletes, and they love her. And, you know, she does the stretching with them, like the important stuff, the yeah. stuff that doesn't get glorified, you know, um, the ice baths and um, the recovery part, you know, the teaching them how to run properly, yep. you know, like like injury prevention, you know, the yeah. important stuff. And so, yeah. We got to bring the creativity into it, too, now. <laughs> You know, yeah, for real, nah, like for real. For that's real. serious, man. I would, I would, hundred percent, come up there and do do something, um, because I'm up in Ohio. Would you? Yeah, I'm Bro. up up in I'm up in Ohio. Um, what what is it near? Is it near? Man, we're near Ann Arbor. Okay, so, yeah. I'd have to like, sneak. Yeah. I'd have to sneak in, obviously. Because, <laughs> nah, but no, I'm nah, like, I, I've I have family still in Columbus, so I'm up there. Um, you know, okay. often, but I would totally, we do some workshop stuff, uh, with, and I, I think when we talked in Phoenix, I told you that I'd started a class cause I teach at Virginia Commonwealth and I started a class called art and athletics. So I work with, there's no football team here, but I work with a lot of student athletes, basketball, baseball, you know, track. I have a, a ton of track students that take my class and just getting them. It's really a mindful kind of thing and like getting them into the habit of doing something creative every day because it's just right. good for our wellness. So I'd totally come yeah, up there yeah. and do that. You know? And I feel like it helps with depression. Yep. 100%. You know, like you know, like we come from a creator. So we're creative. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's not just what drawing like art is an expression of who you are. And so how you wear your hair. A hundred percent dress, you know, how you talk, how you walk, like your swag is art, you yep. know, it's poetry and motion. And so I sent my D line, the, the poem, the poem of the, recorded, but, um, by, I'm thinking of the author, Mary and Oops, I'm losing your voice a little bit. Marianne Williamson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your plan small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. That that last bar is deep. And, and you sent this to your team? Yeah, I sent it to my That's... D-line. Awesome. And man. I sent it to the coaches. You know what I mean? Because like this is how I mentioned, like we came from a creator. I mean, it's like it's so true. Once I first heard this poem, it's been it stuck with me. And I was like, man, my deepest fear is not that we inadequate. My deepest fear is that I'm powerful beyond measure. It's not the dark, it's the light that scares us the most. Like it's it's the God honest truth. You know, like you get my guys, I, I just watch them. And I, I can relate because it was me. Like, 
you get so comfortable just being average, yep. you know, like the unknown is scary. Pushing your limp. Like I used to always be afraid of being tired, you know? And so I was like, let me just do enough so I won't be tired. Yep. And so, and you get stuck in here, but I just thank God I had coaches that pushed me, you know, and they did it the right way. And so I'm trying to not trying, I'm doing it here. And I just guess, pretty much started here. We started earlier this year. And um, so getting yeah, to know but the man, guy. like to, to come in and, and, and do what you're doing already. Like that, that changes culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because again, like I'm older than you, but like, I remember, you know, I played football, basketball, baseball and coaches, coaches were hard asses. They didn't, you know, like there was no vulnerability in coaching for the mm-hmm. most part. Like I had, a, I had a couple coaches, but for the most part, it was just like, you know, blah, 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 you know, like, but yeah. to be able to do what you're doing, like it allows players to think it like it does it like it changes the culture like i I don't know man i think that that's i think that's brilliant i I love that and again like what the cool part like you were talking earlier is like that your wife comes in and and does like these stretching things i think actually you me and your wife were talking about i think i mentioned back in high school i remember you know this is 1987 and i remember there was a girl in our class and we started taking yoga and it, back then, like that was unheard of for football players. You know, it was yeah. like Lynn Swan was like taking ballet classes and people yeah. were like, what the hell yeah. is this guy doing? You yeah, know? And it's like, saw. now it's like, it's almost like second nature. And like, people are realizing yeah. the importance of like being it's balanced. Like and having, yeah. So I love that you do that, man. Like that's, I just, yeah, that's, I mean, like to me, it's like, yes, now I did definitely want to come up there and talk about creativity and just like expressing, expressing yourself. And like you said, it's not, it doesn't, it's not just drawing. It's, it's, it's the way you wear your hair. It's what you wear. It's, it's writing a poem. It's writing music or beats or, you know, it, it can be painting it can be drawing, but it's like, there's so many other ways to express yourself. Like, I love that you're doing that, man. Stuff. I love it. So, Whoops, I'm losing you again. Like, like uh, you mentioned, like uh, being vulnerable. Yep. When I open up and share my story with my guys, like it's so much strength and vulnerability. Yep. You know, a lot of people, you know, when you're immature, you probably see it as weakness or being soft. But it's so much strength and 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 it's liberating. You know, when you're able to have the confidence to share your story and and to be open yep. and and uh, guys would draw strength from that and courage from that as well. And that uh, helped guys open up and and it helped them find their creativity. A lot of guys I tapped into mine when I was going through a lot as a youngster. And, you know, I lost my brother at a young age. I was in the third grade. When my first brother got killed and I remember I drew a picture of a car you know I, I was in love with lowriders and my sister's uh boyfriend at the time he was an amazing draw he used to draw these like life like lowriders man and it was so cool and so I always uh and uh took the picture and I put it on the wall where he uh 
where he got killed. And I was just, it's the way I just express myself, you know, it's, uh, cause I didn't know how to talk about it. Yeah. You know, well, I think my it's, dad. it's hard when you're younger because, and again, like as a, as a man, like, you know, even just a boy, like you're just not supposed to. And like, that's yeah, why I think like, man, don't cry. Yep. You know, that's how I felt. And just watching my dad, you know, he never said man didn't cry, but the only emotion I ever really saw him share was like, you know, his frustration and anger sometimes. Cause you know, he got hurt with football, but he was just frustrated a lot. And, um, and I, I, I never wanted to be a burden on my parents. And so I remember staring at my brother in a casket and just fighting back tears. And I go home and and I go in the bathroom or in my room and I just cry. And I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't want them to have to worry about me because I felt like I'd be a burden on them. And can you imagine how that feels? Like I look back now, like, as a third grader with that mindset, right? Like you put yourself in those shoes. Like that's, that's real. That's crazy. That that was my mindset back then. Like I didn't want to be a burden on my parents. So I didn't cry in front of them. You know what I mean? So that's when I start stuffing everything in, you know, but I release it by, you know, poetry or drawing. And then thank God for football, I had an outlet. So I was able to release it in the right way. Because back then, you know, L.A. was the murder capital of the world with gangs and everything. You know, the corner my brother got killed on, like 30 people got killed in a two-week span. Like, it was crazy. You know, it was really bad. And I just thank God that I'm here today. You know, like, I never thought that I would see past 18. My brother was 18 when he got killed. And... We shared a room. He was way older. I was in the third grade. He was 18. And, you know, in, in this country, when you're 18, you're considered grown. But I'm 34. And I'm like, man, I was ba- – when you're 18, you're a baby. Absolutely. You're a ba- And I, I'm still primitive to so many things in this world. I still feel like a child. You know, I still feel like a baby sometimes. I'm, I'm my mom's baby still. Yep. And I'm like, 18 is so young. But that, all these kids think they got it figured out. You know, I, I make jokes with my, some of my wife's athletes, and they say, I'm like, oh, you think you're grown? She's like, I am grown. I pay bills. That's their, <laughs> that's their idea of being grown. Yep. I'm like, well, if that make you grown here, you can pay my bills then. <laughs> you can be extra grown. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, being grown because you pay bills? Like, I'm like, man, you don't know how good you got it. Like, just being a kid and having no worries, but they put so much stress and pressure on themselves to make money because, you know, Instagram and it's just society tells you that money is everything and it's not, it's bull crap. You know, and you gotta have the latest sneakers and shoes, I mean, latest shoes and clothes to to be, uh, to to show that you're really living good and fit in and stuff. But it's like, you look at these billionaires, they dress regular. You know, like nobody knows that they're rich and we're so concerned about what we put on our body rather than what we put in our body. You know what I mean? Like we're eating poison, like we're, we're listening to poison, you know, it's poison all around us. Like 
we live in a cesspool and don't even know we think it's paradise. I love I love and that artist that saying you just said. And art is the only way like you can really get get out of it. You know, it's like and so many people will draw pieces or make poems or, or music to really show you like, yo, I found a way out. And like now they're able to like Nipsey Hussle was so deep. How he was able to crack the, the you know matrix or the code or whatever, and he just didn't escape and leave. Like he turned around and and was helping his people to find a way out the maze. Yep. Like it's so important. Like we we're so stuck here and and lost, man. And and it's such a it's a wicked game out here. Like whoever designed it, we already know we got they call them conspiracy theories, theorists and all that. But like, bro, it's a spiritual warfare out here, man. Like, for real, for real. It's a lot of demonic and dark forces. I don't care what your religion is or what church you go to. or Like, I believe in God. I'm not going to treat you different because you're a Muslim and, or a Buddhist or whatever. Like, as long as you know it's a higher power and you know it's dark and light. And You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's real out here. You know, and so you got to be mindful of who you hanging around because, yeah. like, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Like, so, for so many years, man, I fell into depression, man. I I stopped drawing. And it was like, after so many years, I felt like I couldn't draw no more. And so I had to get that that feeling back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, like, I mean, you did you feel like fearless. you were told that you shouldn't do that too, though? Like, because you were like, you were an athlete. Like, you know, that's, that's one of those things I talk about a lot is like, you know, you're defined. I was defined as an athlete and we're not supposed to be vulnerable and we're not supposed to open. You know what I mean? Like, was that, did you feel that pressure for that? Oh yeah. You feel that pressure, but it's not told because it's like everybody else around It's It's that ladder, like follow the leader type thing. Because guys way before me did it, and it's like that that mindset, you know, I was telling the guy today, like, you know, when I got my when I got injured, because he's dealing with a little growing issue, I was like, man, one of the biggest mistakes I made was rushing back on the field. I was like, I wish I would have went back on the IR, but I'm like, you already know with football, you know, in the NFL, they say it's the same. You can't make the club in the tub. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of scared to mention when you're hurt, vulnerable. It's a vulnerability, you know, because he's like, man, I can lose my job. Yep. You know, they want you to be healthy, but if you take time to get healthy, it's like, oh, well, you're not playing. We're paying you for nothing, so we're going to cut you. Yep. You know, it's it, man. It's it's cruel. It's like, man, you want guys to be healthy and okay, and that adds to a lot of guys' depression. Like, man, God. You got big guys running into each other, grown men. Like you got guys hurting. Huge guys. Yep. Like, and and you're not gonna let them get time to get healthy. Because if you're not a a you know all-star or pro bowler, they're not gonna take time with you. Like if you're a free agent type of guy, yeah, they put you on IR, but once you come off IR, they're gonna trade you or cut you. You already know how the game go. It is and it's messed up. And so, yeah, you you automatically feel that way. It's just because uh, I was being for so many years. Yep. You know, people may not say your coaches or the front office may not say it to you directly, but 
it's just how the game is and it's, it's messed up. And that's something that needs to be changed. It's something that needs, definitely needs to be addressed for sure, for sure. So did you get you like when you were injured, did you get back into the drawing then? Or was it after? Um, no, I was doing it then or like a little bit, but that's around when it started, when I started, when I stopped, okay. <laughs> you know, um, because I got injured and it was like every phase of my life I was being tested, man. And I call my wife my unicorn and people think unicorns don't exist. You know, when God created Adam, he took one of his ribs to make Eve. And when I met my wife, it was like I found my missing rib. You know, it was like she was made for me. And she was like the bright, brightest spot in my darkest days, you know, helped me navigate through this dark time that I was going through and and still feel re residual effects of that, you know like money and just it was just a lot going on man and my sister ended up getting killed and yep. i got addicted to pain medicine and like i just read this study a few years ago it was on the news actually how acetophetamine makes you emotionally numb yep. and i didn't notice it because like Man, uh, we had got a new head coach at the Bucks, and me and him to get along at all, Greg Chiano. And <laughs> I uh, trying to get in shape. I had gained a lot of weight from being injured, but I forced myself to play. And I had got put on a Pro Bowl ballot, but I didn't get voted to go to the Pro Bowl ballot because the voting system was different. It's like a popularity contest, and um, of course, me and BJ Raji had like the same stats, but he got voted in, and um. I was overweight, still played really well, but nowhere close to my caliber. And uh, so when Greg Shiano came in, um, he just thought I was faking about the pain that I was in. You know, my hamstrings pulled my bones apart oh, and my lower glute on both sides. And I had to get two screws on each side about this big, you know, some stuff you put in the wall or something. And he just thought I was lying about the pain that I was in. And he had me going to see all these doctors and whatnot to probably to prove my to prove me wrong or whatever. And when I was in LA seeing a doctor, so I was supposed to see my sister. She had texted me and I was supposed to see her. And I took my son, my uh, nephews to their first ever baseball game, picked them up in a limo and everything. And <laughs> when I was there, um, she sent me this long text saying how proud she was of me and she loved me. It was a really long text. And um, I was supposed to go see her that night. But I had an early flight in the morning. And my wife and my, other, my sister was like, um, you'll just see her, tell her you'll see her when you get back. You know, you got to get up real early because the game went into extra innings. And um, she had cooked me something. She was a really good cook. And... I didn't see her, and when I was at the airport early in the morning, my mom kept calling me, and I was like, oh, I'll call her when I get through security, so I ended up calling her back, and she told me, Bridget, I got in an accident, and she's in surgery, you know, and I was like, well, dang, man, she's in surgery, 
But she, she's young, she's strong enough, she, she's going to be all right. But I was like, dang, she got an accident and she in surgery. So, I mean, they got to be bad, you know. So, I was on my way to Tennessee. And I was like, I can be on a plane, but I'm going to be worried. And I was like, man, but if I don't go, my head coach is going to be pissed. And I was just like, man, forget it. I'm going to just stay. And my dad came to pick me up. My bag was on his way to Tennessee. <laughs> um, and on the way to the hospital, my my other sister called me and told me uh, she passed away. And that was real hard for me. And it was just like every phase of my life was just being tested, man. And it was a really hard time. For That's me. what I'm saying is like, you know, like you told me not to that extent in Phoenix, some of the, some of this stuff. And that's what I really gravitated towards is the fact that you, you are vulnerable. And I think that, that vulnerability and what you're doing as a coach now, God, it's so impactful, man. Like, because again, because you're allowing them to see a human, you know, yeah. Not, not, not just this coach that's, you're obviously trying to get the best out of them on the field, but you're trying to get the best out of them as being humans. And I think, you know, like you can say it like this, like maybe you went through all those things to be in the place that you are now that you can affect people like this. Like, you know, like, uh, I just, I, I just think I, it, you know, I always, I, I say this a lot on the podcast, but like, I feel lucky that I get to meet and talk to people like you because I think you're inspirational because I think stuff that you can sit there and tell young people, whether it's your, whether it's your, the players on your team, like I can imagine you being a teacher, to be honest with you, I can imagine you being an inspirational speaker um, because I think it's just, it's real. And you're allowing yourself to give back from the stuff that you went through because not everybody does that, man. You know, yeah. and I think it's just, it's impactful. Like it, I like the, the, the players that you have on your team are going to remember you forever because yeah, of that. The, you know? the, yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's why I do it. You know, first and foremost for my kids, you know, at home, and then just people you beat in life, you know, the, the highest human act is to inspire, right? You know, but I, like those, you know, uh, I daydream about being a teacher and an uh, inspirational speaker. Like my nephew told me, he was like, Uncle, you should be an inspirational speaker. Because I was talking to him one day and he was like, man, you'll be a good inspirational speaker. I'm being so, serious. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a shy though, but I do it. The Abstract Athlete Get Stacked Paint and Puzzle Kit. Creative exercise designed in collaboration with former Ohio State Buckeye and NFL player Percy King. Create art as exercise for the mind. Order one of our art kits today, available at theabstractathlete.com, beginagaintoys.com, or on Amazon. The Abstract Athlete, where art and sport collide. I mean, have you, like, you played at UCLA, right? UCLA? 
is that i mean like to be honest right. like, to me it's like I, you know i can imagine again like obviously i think the, the the lowest hanging fruit is to go talk to football players but i think it's beyond that like to me like because your story is not just about football like it's it's yeah. about life it's about like you know, like, and how you dealt with it and how the struggle that you went through and how you came out of it. Like, you know, it's, I, I don't know. Like it, it's. Nah, yeah. I'm a, I think that's a start. Like the start talking to like ball players, when then kind of like the guy, uh, Eric Thomas, like, you know, he talks, he goes and talks to corporate yep. America. You know, like you kind of branch off and start. So, you know, right now it's starting with the athletes I coach, you know, and all it takes is one video or something to get out there and then somebody asking you to speak to their team. You know, but it's also timing and everything, you know. I feel like I got some more growing to do and not just growing, but healing. Yep. You know, yeah, like because that grieving process, like I was, I was trying to focus on football, and like I unknowingly was running away from the grieving process. You know, because again, with that whole thing, like crying, I got to think about my sister and just think about my brothers, and I just start crying, and and I, I was like, man, I gotta lose weight. I got the new head coaches on me and I'm like, I got so much on my plate. Like I got to focus on this. So I can't focus on that right now. And that was a huge mistake, you know? And Unfortunately, I think that's normal. Like, because we do, we try to, we try to block that again. I think there's, there's a male aspect to that because again, like we're, we're supposed to be macho. We're supposed to be, you know, we're not supposed to, you know, like all that bullshit statements that we, we have from the, you know, like real men don't cry or, and it's, thank God it's like changing. Like, you know, I, it's, 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 I think it's like super important. Like when people like you, like I've had a bunch of people, uh, like, um, Marcus Smith who played for the Seahawks. I've had him on the, on the podcast and somebody that, has dealt with like a lot of, you know, wellness issues and came out on the other side and is like, and, and doing these things where it, it, you know, like, I don't want to say it's a give back, but it is a give back in the sense that like people now can hear like, it's okay to struggle, you know, like yeah. that's a huge thing. Like, um, yeah, to hear that, like, definitely, you know, yeah, it's definitely changing now. Like, you know, with the body positivity and, you know, the mental health awareness and like it's everything is kind of changing now, especially with social media. And so the stigma behind a lot of things, like I'm glad it's changing. Like we were fed so many lies as young men, yep. you know, and it shaped the way we we thought and it shaped the way we grew up. Yep. And like it's uh like I hate it, but like joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. You know, you gotta experience both sides of the spectrum. You know, because joy and pain are on the same spectrum. This is opposite ends. You know, and so 
if we were just always happy all the time, you kind of take it for granted. You know, like you wouldn't, you just think it's normal. Like you, you wouldn't know anything else. But because of sadness and those dark days, you appreciate those happy days way much, like way more, you know, uh, you don't take it for granted. And that's what you strive for more, you know, that's, uh, that's how I see it, you know? So I, I'm an optimistic kind of guy. Like I, I just see the good in everything like now in my life, like everything that I've been through and I just thank God that I'm here to even experience it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I even think about like, dang, where would I be if I wasn't, if God didn't create me, like if I wasn't living, if I, if he didn't like create me, like, can you even imagine like fading the black, like, like not existing at all? Yep. Like, you can't even think about it because like, so I mean, we have a purpose. Like God created us for something, you know what I mean? It's like, it's powerful, man. Like even like Wednesday, like words, man, words have power. Like God spoke this world into existence. So can you imagine when, when God speak, you know, atoms and, and he, and all these, you know, atoms and all this stuff starts flowing and moving and creating and connecting like that's dope. All these molecules <laughs> yep. start forming. Like, that's who we come from. Yep. You know, all this stuff, like Harry Potter and all that stuff, they try to make it seem like it's fake. You know, like, man, it's where we come from. And we look like him. You know, he created us in his image, right? So we're we're very, we're very powerful. And so that's what I like to think about, you know, because it's like, man, powerful beyond measures yep so i know i can get through this i, I want to know how how did you end up at the at the the event at the um the the paf smocks and jocks because i it, like are you going to i want i want you to create something next year that's why i'm going i'm getting at my wife though yes that's tyrone, what i'm talking tyrone, about tyrone Allen. um but my wife she's always you know, you know, she's always uh, staying in touch with like the NFLPA stuff, and um, I mean, she's involved with like the NFL wives and all that stuff. So she's like, "Babe, let's go to the Super Bowl events," and always say, "Okay," <laughs> you know, just go with the flow, like, "Okay." And uh, that's how I ended up there. You know, I just my wife handles all that stuff. But you need to get, I, 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 you need to get like, because that again, like that was one of those things you and I talked about that you were start, you were starting to get back into your creative ways, and yeah. and you said like I think one of the things that stuck with me is like how much you loved like being creative with your kids, and like that yeah. kind of passion of 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 that those moments and stuff. And I want you, I want to see like some work next year at this, at the smocks. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Hell yes. do it because it feels, man, like one of, I get, it feels really good. Like I find great joy and thinking of like great ideas and things to create, you know? So that's step one, correct? Like step one is thinking about it. 
then you speak it into existence, but you got to start, you know? And so I have a lot of great ideas. Um, Sorry. Can you see me? I don't want to do, and I think it'd be dope. So yeah, I, I'm gonna do it. I told Tyrone that. So, you know, so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap in, man. I'm gonna do it. I ain't gonna procrastinate, and because sometimes I, I let that shyness get in the way too. You know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that just means you're a real artist, right there. <laughs> like sometimes I don't like being around a lot of people, and you know, it's just like. And I don't like always having attention on me. Like, nope. I've never been that type of guy, man, at all. Like, some people love it, but me. I'm the, I'm the same like, as you, man. Like, I, and it's funny because I think people that think when you're, when you're like an athlete, or I used to be a singer in a rock band, and like, we, oh, yeah. you know, people think that I liked, I don't like that attention. Even I love the singing part, like that, but that was, just because I love doing that. Like I yeah. just love disappearing in that moment mm-hmm. and like playing, playing sports. It's like, it wasn't about me. It was about the team. Yeah. And it was about camaraderie and the, and the community yeah. of the, of the team and stuff. Like I, I never, never wanted attention or anything. So I know what you mean. Like, I'm exactly like you. Sorry, man. My kids are crazy. <laughs> I but yeah, nah, football, man. Like, even though, there's 22 guys out there and a lot of fans like, like always like play within, yep. you know? So it's like just me and my opponent out there, you know, and my comrades, of course. But in that moment before the ball snapped, like I told one of my D tackles, he, he reminded me a lot of myself. My wife said the same thing, but my, my number was 52 in high school. He wore 50, he wear 52 now. But I always say, five dudes get loose, you know, and I pray before the game and, you know, I ask my brothers and, you know, my grandma had passed away. I was like, man, come play with me. Let's have fun, you know. But I always go within and 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 dig deep and find ways to make plays. But whenever I said my little motto or whatever, my little quote, um, mantra or whatever, it's like always, like I always would make a play, you know, little hairs on my 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 arms to rise, and like I just knew I was gonna make a play, man. <laughs> like, it, was, it felt good, man. You know, just man, like I just thank God I found another way to release a lot of stuff that I was going through. You know, I could be dead or in jail or not married to the greatest wife and greatest woman ever, you know, or have three amazing kids. Like life could look so different for me. And I just thank God that I'm, I am where I am. You know, I'm not the man that I want to be, but I'm so excited for, you know, where I am and where I'm going, you know, I'm excited for where I'm not at, you know, but I am mindful that I got to keep going because if you're not moving, you're, you're getting worse, you know, and I'll get close, I'll get closer to that guy that I don't want to be, you know, because it'll creep up on you, you know, uh, you know, idle time is the devil's playground. 
you gotta stay busy, man, but stay productive doing something positive. Uh, and that's just well, I that also not- like I think one of the things about you that you can tell is you're you're curious. Like you're interested in continuing to learn again. I think that's what, what probably makes you a really good coach and would make you a good teacher. You know, I mean, it's, I I think it's very obvious. Like you're, you're very thoughtful. You're, you're, you're constantly like growing and, and uh, you know, again, like that's what I think that effect that you have on your players, that's instead, instead of staying stagnant and not moving forward, like you just said, like yeah. that's again, like that's that positive thing that you're putting out to them, you know, like, you know, who, like, who are like one thing I always like to ask people, like who, like, like influences, like it can be current. It could be from the past, like things, people that like, like inspired you, like to move forward, like, or, or like things that maybe like you, like whether it was a teacher whether it was your parents, a coach or whatever that like maybe you bring to your your players man first or your kids <laughs> my mom yep. my mom man she's uh it's my fine my phenomenal woman you know she's she's awesome <clears throat> she's been through a lot yeah and she always she always say you know it's not what you go through it's how you go through it but most importantly, it's not what you go through, it's how you grow through it, you know. Um, she always tell me, she was like, son, you know, I could have been a best drug addict or prostitute, but, you know, you guys kept me going. And to have a mom like that, to have, you know, she'd be like, you have a reason to be the way that you are, but you don't have a reason to stay that way. And my mom always had these powerful quotes, man, you know, and I say I say them all to my kids and whoever I come across. And I say it to myself, most importantly. But, yeah, she, you know, she inspires me to be the best father. And she always congratulate me. Like, she's like, son, you're such a phenomenal father. And those little, you know, being acknowledged by somebody so important, it means a lot. Um, and then my coach, Coach Garrett, we call him G Man. Yep. You know, in high school, man, Coach Garrett. I I want to be like him as a coach and as a man. You know, he's a he's a great guy. Um, he just he doesn't know how to challenge you and push you, and uh, and he requires so much out of you. And it makes you uh, rise up to the to the challenge, to the occasion, you know. And when you, because a lot of guys, you know, you hear recruiters or other coaches, they they say mean things about him, like you know, because he's the type of type of person that you either love him or you hate him, you know, because he he keeps it real and he he speaks his mind. But you know, if he he got your back, man, he got your back. You know, and and a lot of people don't understand them. But when you, when I learned to understand them, and and, and I started looking at everything from a love perspective, you know, because there's many definitions of love. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is also tough. You know, but as long as you know 
a person is doing it out of love and you see it differently, you know? And so when you think you're being punished, it's like, man, but why am I being punished? Like he's punishing me because he wants me to be better. Like if he didn't care about me, he wouldn't punish me at all. He just let me keep screwing up, you know? And so when I started thinking like that, I was like, man, I love G man. You know what I mean? Like, yep. that's my guy, you know, like, and I had talked to him of, maybe it's like a month ago now, but always like keeping in contact with him, you know, still coach at Crenshaw. They just won a state title and they only had, they literally only had like 20 guys on the team. It was a small team. And a lot of kids at Crenshaw left. So the school is in a different uh, class now. I think it was only like 500 kids at the school. But they won a state title, man. Like I was like, man, that's so cool, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, G man. And then my dad, he was my first football coach. Um, there's a lot of things. Like I, I watched the movie The Shack. Oh yeah, it was a real spiritual movie. And man, I, I, I love my dad, man. It was. A lot of things I didn't agree with and a lot of things I didn't understand. And um, but my dad, you know, once I seen that movie, and I was like, my dad is the way he is because maybe my grandfather and him had something, you know, it's always passed down, you know. And I was like, maybe he was hurting from something. It ain't me. It's just he just don't know how to express the way he feel or don't know how to talk about it. And so again, like when I started looking at life different and I started looking out of the, the, the eye lens of love, like, you know, I was just like, man, I, I appreciate my father, you know, like I got a dad, you know, he kept me in sports. He did it. He did a great job keeping me off the streets, you know, out of the streets and whatnot. So I'm like, you know, that's my guy. You know, I put him through a lot, you know, when I got grown. I always but, think it's interesting know. when when you kind of realize that parents are just people, you know, like that, yeah. that's when I think that shift happens where that love does. Like, because I, I, I love my dad, too. And like, but we have like lots and lots of differences and and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still like, you know, that that's my dad like you know yeah. he, he raised me right and 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 so it is like it's interesting like like when you have that and again like i think it's so nice like again like this the vulnerability you show like you got lucky kids man like you do because i think that like you bring so much perspective of like what your life was and who like was important to you and i can i can i know that you put that back to your kids like you know and, and as a coach, like, again, like, I think you're affecting more than just like your immediate family. Like, yeah, I think I literally think you need to figure out a way to teach too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, facts. Yep. yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm going to do that. But yeah, those are the people that inspire me. It's the list goes on, you know, my wife, you know, I can sit there all day and talk about how great she is, but and how she get on there is not as funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she's got a podcast too, right? 
But yeah, she does. She, uh, nah, she's a go getter. Yeah, that's for sure. Sorry for walking around. You know, that's cool. I know. Yeah. <laughs> One of them coming downstairs now. Hey, hey what's up? Say hi, man. <laughs> now you want to act shy? Yeah, of course. But yeah, my friend, I play dodgeball with his wife. Made this. She make reefs. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, you know, my wife went to USC, and I went to UCLA. What do you? Yeah, they're coming to the Big Ten. How do you feel about that? Man, I think it's crazy, <laughs> but I think uh, I think they said Washington and Oregon are supposed to be going coming too, and then some teams from the Pac twelve will be going to the Big Ten or Big ACC. I, mean, Big I think I think it's yeah, something like yeah. I'm like so the Pac. I mean, the Pac twelve is it's gone. It's not even going to exist anymore. So I'm like, is my record still going to stand? Like, <laughs> you know, like, I was real selfish in the moment. Like, what about my record? Like, what about all the stuff that I accomplished? It's shifted uh, to the Big Ten now. I know, right? I'm like, dang, so it doesn't mean I'm a, I was a Big Ten player of the year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Is it like, like, is that what that means? Like, yep. you know. Yep. Yeah, but nah, that's great. I think it's cool, but I think about, you know, the traveling and yep. playing and cold weather. Like, it's, you know, once you're a ball, ball playing, playing football, you don't have to play any weather, whatever. But, you know, they're still student athletes, you know, and they demand a lot from those guys. And so having to travel that far for games. Yep. And it's a lot. Like when I was in Tampa, we had to play in San Francisco. So we played anybody else. We leave a day before the game. But when you travel to the West Coast, you got to leave two days before the game. Yep. Because you got to get acclimated. You know? So, you know, out in the Big Ten, sometimes games, when they play noon games. So if you're coming from LA, the noon game here, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Game you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine waking up, playing a game at nine in the morning? <laughs> so that's the stuff that I was thinking about. You know, yeah, the exposure, the pack ten, the pack twelve would get. You know, West Coast teams to get out here, it's huge. You know, recruiting all that, but the physical effect that it have on players is what I was thinking about. Yep. No, it's yep. Be, it's because it's it's. I mean. We all know that college sports, big time college sports is professional sports, really. But like this, this takes it to another level where it really, it puts that strain and stress on that even more. Yeah. Man. Who, 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 was, who was, uh, who was like the, like the, the best player you ever played against? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> I know that's a tough ass question. Cause I played baseball against Ken Griffey Jr. Growing up. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that's, that's different. That's dope. That's dope, yeah. though. Man. Yep. Like, uh, football, man. Who's the best player I played against? <laughs> it's a tough one, I know. Yeah, that's real tough. I, I had to get back to you on that one. I don't even know. <laughs> I respect all my opponents, though. You know, I, I really, it, nobody, like, really stand out like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, dude, like I, you were like, you were, I mean, you were a badass. Like you were the, you were first, like, was it your junior year? You were first team all pack 10. 
or All American, and you won the the Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year, the Pat Tillman Award. Like you're a badass, yeah. you know. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that's why I just respect my opponents, but yep. it was just a obstacle, you yep. know, just something that went in my way. That's the way know? it should. So be. I really, yep. You know, my wife had this one quote. Shoot, uh, I'm at the Texas two years. It was it was pretty <laughs> dope. She was like, um, sometimes I use my opponents as motivation to work out, but she was like, but then she was like, I don't want to get him that much credit. So or, it was something like dope like that along those lines. I had to ask her. What did she? She ran. What, what did track, she run? You know, yeah, which hundred meter, meter hurdle? Oh shit. She was like, uh pretty much using your opponent as motivation or whatever, like thinking about them while you train or whatever. But it's like, I don't get him that much credit. Like, yep. like I'm not thinking about them when I train, like, why would I get him that much credit? Yep. And so like, that's the mindset of an elite, you know, athlete, like you acknowledge your opponent and you don't take them for granted or like, like, Oh yeah, this is easy work, you know, because anything can happen on any given day, but you have to be confident in yourself. Yep. You know, you got to know what you bring to the table as well and be humble. So it's, you know, you got to balance it. You know, you got to, it's thin line. You know, you, you want to be confident, but not cocky. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what I love. You know, I'm confident in my game, but I, I, I don't talk trash on the field. And, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, I was the best D tackle ever. And, you know, good. I mean, it's guys that came before me, you know, it's the errors are different and all those things. And so I just know, like, I did my thing. That's all I can say. You know, I let the fans say the rest or whatever, man. I, <laughs> I did, man, you know? Yep. I let my Pat talk it, man. Yep. Well, maybe, like, I always, you know, I always tend to end podcasts with this kind of question. But, you know, you just started um, this new gig. and um, and I think really, truly, like you should figure out a way to teach, but like, what do you, like, what do you see the future? Like, what, what do you think the future holds? Keep coaching. Man, I, football opened up so many doors for me, but like, I know the physical ramification, ramifications that come with, with you know, um, especially like making it to the NFL, like your life expectancy dropped yep. significantly, you know? And so I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Um, So watching these young guys play, I love being around it because of camaraderie and, you know, the brotherhood and all that stuff. But some days I wake up and my body just hurts yep. and I have headaches and whatnot. And so it's like, it's a, love hate relationship type of thing you know i love the game i respect it but i just don't like how the nfl operate and everything you know and then ncaa they do some things i don't like um but it's all about this you know? yeah all about the money man and that takes the fun away from the game a lot but i know people got to feed their family and but that that isn't the only way that they can provide for their families you know just Wish we can change the narrative, man, and the mindset of so many youth, the young guys, man. Like, Frederick Douglass said it best, man. He said it's easier to build strong children than to repair a broken man. 
Yep. And that's just real, you know. Um, you don't have to play ball or rap to make it out or to make something good of yourself. You can be a professional at so many different things and you can use your creativity yep. to make so much money, you know. But as far as the future, you know, getting back to the question you asked, I just, you know, want to be a a great father, you know, get better every day and great husband, man, friend, brother. Like when I see the future, I feel like the future is inside of me. Like I feel like, you know, I'm humble and all that, but like I'm that guy, man. Like when I'm really on my square, I can do something that'll change the world. But I just want to change myself, you know, and just be a beacon of hope. Like, man, like Brian can do it. Brian can make it through. And I know I can. And just just break that cycle, man. Like so many young guys and girls are hurting, man. Just the the times we living in, just want to reach out and get a world a hug. Yep. You know what I mean? Like tell them it's going to be okay. And it's just, but I, I know I have to heal first, you know, and um, it is keep God first, man. Like, I just want to just get closer to him, honestly, man. Everything in the world, like you say, what profits a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? And that's real. Like, yeah, you can have it all out here, man. But at the end of the day, it's worth nothing if you lose your soul. You know, but you say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so it's like, yo, if I just seek his face and, you know, gain inner peace and heal everything that God has for me, it is for me, and it, it ain't going nowhere, you know, and uh, it'll be there tenfold, you know, like Job lost it all, but you never curse God and God blessed on tenfold, you know. Or like King Solomon, you know, he he prayed and asked how to to be a good judge and be be a good leader pretty much. And because he didn't ask for wealth, God gave it to him because he he put others before himself. The first thing he asked for, you know, pretty much like wisdom. And that's why he was the wisest man to ever live. You know what I mean? He was like, if, you, if anybody lacks not uh, wisdom, you know, let him ask and he'll give it to him, you know. So I just want to, I got a couple of grades. You know, I just want to keep you straight, man. I got much more than you. Wisdom, man. I know I'm only 34, but I kind of like the grades, man, to tell a story. Like, I've been somewhere, man. I must be smart as, uh, as anything. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, like, oh, I, no. You know, I um, we have a documentary coming out that I'm going to have to share with you. Um, this kid is like a former student of mine, actually, um, at Virginia Commonwealth. Um, named, his name is Jaraz Jenkins. And when you talk about changing like so much stuff, like he and I talk about this all the time because like he literally was, he was born in the wrong neighborhood. Like, you know, that was, that's, that's his curse and similar story. His, his sister died um, because she had like a, um, a seizure and the ambulance didn't show up because it was in the wrong neighborhood. 
Um, and he was selling crack when he was like 13 years old to support his family. But then he like, and he went to jail. Um, and I was actually the first person like that he talked to, to get back into school. And now he's like thriving as an artist, he's teaching. And like, to me, it's like, it's an empowerment and it's a, a story that I think like, why, why was this kid shoved into this area because he was born in the wrong neighborhood? Like we need to like yeah. change, like, you know, like going back to what we were talking about at the beginning about how you're changing culture just through like your words, like, and more people yeah. like you to be able to do that. I think it starts to shift how people view the world and how we view each other and stuff. And so like, yeah. I, I just, you know, like, again, I'm just so glad that we met because I, I do think that like, you're somebody that I'm going to like continue to talk to. And I'm, and I'm a hundred percent serious about coming up and doing something, or, you know, maybe we can do a zoom or whatever with the team and talk about creativity uh, and blah, blah, whatever. And I would actually, I would actually like, if you're interested in some time, maybe jumping on a zoom with one of my art and athletics classes and, and talking about creativity and, and athletics and, and all that stuff. Um, cause I think, Let's do it. yeah. Cause I think again, I just go back to that inspiration stuff and just, and how you live your life. I just think it's great. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah, you should definitely come out here. I'm gonna talk to Coach uh, Norman tomorrow. Tell him about you. Uh, and uh, yeah, we should definitely put something together. I think that'd be awesome. No, dude. Oh, cool. We'll have we'll have a paint. We'll have a paint. We'll have a, and I can also still throw. I, I used to be a quarterback. <laughs> Man, I, I just love this guy. I mean, he's just so honest and so vulnerable. His players have to love him as a coach because you can tell he engages them in, in just a different way, an honest way. I really do hope someday Brian gets into teaching because I, I do think his life and ex, his life experience is so impactful on youth. Uh, so thankful uh, to have met him in Phoenix and looking forward to talking more and, and hopefully doing some workshops with him and the team. Again, make sure to check out Brian on Instagram at B-P-T-H-A-K-I-N-G. And again, thanks to my buddy Maurice and his band Photosynthesizers for providing music for today's episode. Check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network. And remember to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, beginagaintoys.com, or Amazon, and purchase a Percy King Collaborative Get Stacked Paint and Puzzle Kit. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.